Welcome to the Matrix Care Podcast from the software leader for out-of-hospital and long-term care. Matrix Care is dedicated to sharing knowledge and empowering providers across the care continuum, including home-based and facility-based care organizations. Today we hear from Naveen Gupta, Senior Vice President of Home and Hospice Division for Matrix Care, and his special guest. Let's dive in. Just this year alone, in the middle of the pandemic, we have heard news of some of the largest data breaches. A month or so ago, Twitter witnessed one of the most public attacks where prominent account owners, essentially uh, Obama, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and there were several others as well. Uh, Hackers were able to reset their password and impersonate them. Earlier this year in March, Marriott had almost uh, 5.2 million accounts compromised MGM Resorts has had 10 million guests whose accounts were compromised. And the pandemic also has has given rise to to Zoom. I think everyone now sort of uses the word Zoom as a way to, uh, you know, essentially synonymous with online meetings and not surprising Zoom attacks have been on the rise and, you know, passwords being compromised and passwords being, being made available. The topic for today is obviously information security, the non-negotiable in digital healthcare acceleration. I am pleased to have on this podcast three incredibly special people who I really consider giants in their respective discipline. First joining us is Todd Friedman. Todd is the Chief Information Security Officer at ResMed. He's been with ResMed for over five years and prior to that he was with Mattel and Universal Music Group. Next joining me is Brian. Brian is the Director of Information Security, SAS Operations, Brian has been with Matrix Care for 20 years, and he plays a lead role in all aspects of security for Matrix Care. And finally, my third guest is Steve. Steve is the Director of Information Security at Brightree. Uh, it's a sister company of Matrix Care. We both share the same parent company, ResMed, and Steve's played many roles. He's been a systems integrator and an IT manager, but now he manages all of the security infrastructure at Brightree. So welcome to the three of you. Thank you. Thank you, Naveen. Thank you. Yeah. It's really good to be taking part in this discussion with you with you guys uh, and to be sharing with our customers. You know, this type of transparency and sharing is so important to Matrix Care uh, because when it comes to information security within the, within the healthcare industry, especially, we're all in this together. Uh, so the threat environment is evolving so rapidly with new pressures related to COVID-19, uh, as Naveen noted, rapid advancement in technology with the, the increasing sophistication of threats and threat actors, the risk is just rapidly increasing all the time. Uh, and, and healthcare has been hit extremely hard, as we all know. So we want an openness with our base and our, and our partners so that we can share and learn from each other. Um, we do talk directly with many of our customers regularly and openly, um, but this podcast is just one more way we can we can do that. We can share. So uh, thank That's you, Dean, for making that happen. That's great. And you know, security is a very wide in training. You know, security policies, risk management. We go go much deeper technically into IP restrictions. The goal of these podcast episodes that we've done has primarily been to educate our clients partners and, and, and really focus on industry topics and make them accessible and, and relevant. So we will lift the curtains in, in one sense at a high level and discuss the topic more strategically. So let's begin by getting a point of view on what makes a great security program. How can companies 
essentially best be protecting their sensitive data. So Brian, I'm gonna, I'm gonna begin with you. I know, um, you know security governance is, is a big topic. Help us understand what role does that play in being able to craft a, a great security program? Yeah, so, so when I think about security program development, I start with develop, or I, sh I should say governance in my mind. Um, a security program just can't be effective without top-down sponsorship and oversight. And this begins with the board of directors and with senior management. Uh, governance involves, involves top-down oversight of a framework or a system. And that system ultimately ensures that business assets are protected and that mm -hmm. therefore the mission is protected, right? Um, so with that in mind, I'll list just a handful of things to help with this context, and, I'll, and we'll speak uh, more to some of these later as we go. Thinking about security governance and, and what it is, what it does. Governance sets the tone for how we operate internally and externally. Uh, it establishes our approach toward risk, including our risk appetite. Uh, second, governance makes sure that the information security strategy aligns with and supports our business objectives, mm -hmm. very important. Third, governance has regular risk assessment conducted to identify risks that could prevent the business from achieving its business objectives. Um, could include or would include pandemic and natural disasters, for example. Mm -hmm. And then governance puts into operation a compliance program. Um, and this is to be sure that we're operating in compliance with regulatory and industry requirements and really whatever else has been mandated by the company in our policy. Uh, so that's the compliance program. And then lastly, governance has independent audits conducted to, uh, to verify operating effectiveness of, of the controls or safeguards that we put in place. Uh, yes. and, and we do this in a risk-based way. And we do this to verify that we do what we say we do for our policy and procedure. And then also to verify that risks are being adequately addressed. So, so just briefly, you know, from, the, from the top down of the organization, governance is very involved. It, it ties into the overall program through risk, risk assessment, compliance, independent audit, and, um, you know, as subsidiaries of ResMed, uh, with ResMed being a, a global medical devices manufacturer, the bar is held very high for us. Board level sponsorship and oversight is strong with focused committees off of the board uh, and with direct line of sight and board level communication with, with Chief Information Security Officer, that, that would be Todd. Um, and this is a good thing. It's a great thing for Majors Karen Brightree and ultimately for our customers and their patients. It's great, Brian. I think, you know, just understanding the framework with which we operate, as you said, it's the executive sponsorship from the board level all the way as we're thinking about risk assessment, uh, thinking about um, uh, risk mitigation, thinking about audits, et cetera. So just, it's really a good framework to be thinking about as we think about the security program. Steve, let me, let me toss this one to you. Um, another area as we think about security programs is how do we handle vulnerability management? And so what, what can you tell us about, about that? Sure. As you talked about those kind of those huge breaches and the ones that have been happening for <laughs> seems like forever now. Yes. I mean, there was a gap. There was a vulnerability there that allowed those you know threat actors to get in there and expose or do some malicious <laughs> actions there. So when it comes to uh, vulnerability management, it, it's a key component. Now, there's also the the accidental. There's misconfigurations too when it comes to vulnerability management. Uh, so somebody could open open a port mm -hmm. that shouldn't be mm -hmm. open. The key thing here is to know your environment, and this can be done from performing vulnerability scans. So starting with those externally facing systems, which have the highest kind of potential risk. Yes, those are the ones that are on the internet and can be touched and seen by anybody in the world. Those systems that store PHI, right? Um, PII. And then moving to internal systems. 
So those vulnerability scans can give you a, a good lay of the land from external systems to externally facing systems. And so you can get an idea of what ports and services are exposed and then decide kind of where necessary, if they're necessary and, you know, they need to be protected or hardened against abuse or attack. And another part of the vulnerability management piece is patching. So we hear a lot about this and a lot of <laughs> nasty uh, exploits are, are out there and, you know, it's because people don't patch. Right. So those externally facing systems, you know, need to be, need to be looked at and determine if there's any kind of, you know, vulnerabilities there that exist. Most attacks and most vulnerabilities that get exposed are three to four years old. They're not currently new hmm. ones, they're old ones. Tried, tested, true vulnerabilities that have been there forever. And then cyber criminals are banking on the fact that, you know, our patching regimens are lax or non-existent. So that just makes it easier for them to get a foothold. Yeah, that's a, that, you know, it's, it's surprising. You know, I, I know just today, uh, you know, Microsoft, my Windows, you know, laptop was, was insisting for the last several days, hey, you need, to, you need to reboot because we need to do an upgrade, right? And uh, so it really depends that making sure we're proactively uh, managing all of the patches and upgrades and being able to, to scan, as, as you essentially said. Um, Todd, I want to I ask you this question. Hey, I just wonder, how do, you, how do you sleep well at night? I mean, security, you've got such a big responsibility, a tremendous job that you do. Um, and, and the why and the what is always really important from the big picture perspective. So... In, in your viewpoint, what is the importance of, of, of a good, robust security program? No, thank you for asking. And, and actually, thank you so much for having, uh, having us on this podcast. You know, I think one of the most important success factors in, in having a good security program is having support from the company and from stakeholders. And just the fact that we're here talking is a big indicator that security is important to Matrix Care mm -hmm. um, and to ResMed, our, our parent. So um, you know, I think... I think part of the answer to the question is the industry that you're in and it's company specific. So every different industries have different risk tolerances, healthcare being so he heavily regulated, you know, traditionally has a lot of controls in place, but more importantly, when patient safety is involved, yes. you know, that it's, it's a whole other level. It's a whole other level of importance. And so having a good security program, I, I think has a much greater need and much more support within healthcare. I, I can tell you that, Working for ResMed uh, for over five years, I've never had better support and more focus. I report directly mm. to the CEO of the company, and, I, and we've met every month since I got here, and he takes a very genuine interest. When you hear him in interviews, people ask you what, you know, what keeps him up at night, and yeah. being breached is the number one thing he says all the time. Uh, it's, it's that important. And so uh, I'm very lucky to have that kind of support. Because uh, not all companies put as much of a priority, you know, on security. But there's things that are really important in having a good program, and I think part of that is, you know, what what um, Brian and Steve talked about is critical and but very tactical stuff that you have to do. And there's checks and balances and ways to measure that it's being done. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a really big people factor as well. So, like Naveen, you are a great supporter of security, and in your role, that's so critical. And I and my job is to understand what the business requirements are for security and making sure that we're focused on the right things, the right priorities, the right risks for the company and having personal relationships and having personal support. Uh, you know, I think that's a really important success factor. 
And I don't think it's ever been more important, and especially in healthcare, because as you mentioned, there's breaches all the time. But one thing that's happening at the same time is that our patients and our customers are becoming more lightly. Yes. Uh, the laws are changing. Like I, I work, you know, internationally. So like GDPR is a privacy law and the, the things that it establishes and requires are just so different from what we had in the past. Uh, I, the timing for having a good security program has never been better. Uh, but to answer your question about how do I sleep at night? Uh, you know, ResMed is a sleep, is a sleep uh, company at its core, right? Um, yes. Sleep disorder breathing is so important to us. One of the reasons that I love coming to work every day, every, you know, so what, what gets me up in the morning more than what keeps me up at night is that I've been a ResMed customer for almost 10 years. But I sleep all at night, too, because I've got people like Brian and Steve on my team who are so dedicated, so skilled, and continually improving themselves. Like our adversaries are improving all the time. They have unlimited funding and we have to stay in front of them. So we need the right kind of people to do that job. Todd, what a, what a great response. I think, you know, I've heard Mick talk about, you know, breaches and, you know, what's on his mind on interviews when he's done at CNBC and many, many other places uh, as well. And, you know, I love your response also from the fact that um, what you're really touching on is culture, right? So you see the, this being important and champion, right? At the end of uh, all of the data that we have, we have patients and we have got residents and it's incredibly important to them and to our providers that we are taking this very, very seriously. And I see this, this DNA of the importance of security just permeating every, every part of our organization. It's not something that's just a bolt on, but it really is something that's, fundamental to how we see and how we deliver deliver care. So thank you uh, again for that. I want to keep pulling on this thread. I think it's just great, great responses. Um, Brian, uh, let, let, me, let, let me toss this one to you as we think about risk. Now, risk is incredibly important for organizations and the ability to manage that. So in, in the context of security, help us understand risk management. Sure. So the compliance requirements for Matrix Care and mm -hmm. Sarbanes-Oxley, and all of these require formal risk management. Uh, I mentioned earlier that security governance establishes our risk appetite and our approach toward risk, and that governance has regular risk assessment conducted to identify risks that could prevent the business from achieving its objectives. But if we move down a bit to, to a lower level, Security management also includes maintaining an, invent an inventory, for example, with uh, system and data classification, and also continually working to identify and track and to treat those risks. So at Matrix Care, uh, we contract with a third-party security firm for annual security mm -hmm. risk assessment. And those results, by the way, are made available to our customers in an attestation letter provided by the firm. Um, but you'll hear a theme here today that we do heavily leverage the parties around risk treatment, right? Do we accept the risk? Do we invest mm -hmm. uh, in eliminating the risk or, or reducing the risk in part? Uh, and then all of this also informs our business continuity plan. And, and business continuity planning is the process of creating a prevention or recovery system from potential threats such as natural disasters or cyber attacks. And, and again, this is all to protect our people and our assets. So, uh, so we kind of lump business impact assessment and business continuity planning into the annual risk management program as well. Now, as subsidiaries of ResMed, 
matrix camera bright tree, we do benefit significantly from uh, ResMed's enterprise risk management mm -hmm. team. Uh, this team conducts risk assessment for the organization. They, they do provide us valuable ongoing input for the continual you know, development and maturing of our programs. Um, but they're also you know, very disciplined about keeping their level of engagement between our teams such that it doesn't undermine their objectivity in their annual risk assessment of our programs. Um, so we benefit there. ResMed also has an independent audit function, uh, is also global. They do have an auditor, by the way, formerly with EY, who was, uh, is nearly dedicated to our SaaS line of business. Mm -hmm. Fantastic uh, resource for us. Uh, the independent audit team also conducts, well, they conduct annual internal audit, right? So that includes audit for financial risk and IT general controls for Sarbanes-Oxley, for example. And again, the focus is, is to be sure that we do what we say we do in our policy and procedure. Uh, and, then, and then to verify that risks are being adequately addressed by the organization. For those who uh, thought, for those working to establish a, a formal program uh, who might not be as far along with it, I, I would say here, um, again, that working with a third-party security firm to do annual security risk assessment will likely make a lot of sense. It certainly has for us. It will carry credibility with your customers, your partners, and worst case, with government investigators. Um, you know, and it can uh, provide helpful trending to track and to communicate progress with management, right? We, we make we a targeted investment, you know, is it, is it making an impact, um, that kind of thing. So, so Brian, you know, I think um, I, I learned more about, about InfoSec, I know certainly from you and, um, you know, our, our customers, prospects in many ways, they, they ask us questions about risk management and just learning about the internal audits, external audits, our ability to use third party organizations, um, you know, at least gives me comfort that we are, uh, you know, how seriously we take this and just the, some of the advantage that you listed of having ResMed as, as a parent organization, the expertise that they bring uh, to us, you know, obviously Todd uh, as well. So I, I think that's, that's helpful. And I think I also love the, the, that you put it in the context of if somebody is looking to birth a security program, good ideas around governance, good ideas about, you know, how do you view risk and, and, and how do you manage the risk that's associated with it. You talked about vulnerability management a short while ago, and I and I and I know you know monitoring sort of goes hand in hand with it. Um, talk to us a little bit about what do we do with regards to monitoring? What is what does monitoring look like in a good uh, security program? Right. So again, following that theme of knowing your environment, you want to centrally collect all those logs you're getting from all those different systems, I and mean, you can't sit there and kind of look at 80 servers and look at the logs there for you know for kind of otter anomalies. So the key is to, to do kind of a central logging to, to be able to collect all those logs in one place to allow you to do, you know, look at those four indications of compromise, right? So mm -hmm. looking for odd things happening and also to secure the logs themselves. So one of the things, you know, the first thing that somebody, a malicious actor, is going to do if they get into your environment is try to delete delete those breadcrumbs showing that they got into your network. Mm -hmm. So having those logs centrally stored somewhere else off the server helps you kind of protect that information to be able to see that at all. <laughs> so uh, when it comes to being able to collect those logs, know your environment, then you can start looking at creating alerts from things that kind of are odd or kind of not the norm. So for example, having someone log in 
in one geographic location to your domain and then yes. log in from you know another location from your domain in Australia. So you know that's gonna throw off or that should right throw some alarms there to say why are they logging in you know in the United States and also in Australia. So that helps you kind of see that there's something up or if a user gets added to a domain admins group that they shouldn't be. So this all helps prevent you know potential compromise later on. So we've seen that AI and machine learning have come a long way. Uh, they're still not perfect by no means, but they're going to continue to evolve and that's going to definitely you know add a, a powerful defense tool uh, as they get better. And I think right. we, um, Brightree and ResMed and uh, Matrix Care have done a, a good job of identifying that those logs, you know, contain in, <laughs> important information. Like we saw with the target breach years ago, they, they, they saw <laughs> that, that, you know, initial attack, but it wasn't being properly looked at and addressed. So being able to, to have those logs there and also have somebody to look at them, of course, um, which is another big strength that we have with our security operations group that allows us to collect these logs and then have people look at them and say, huh, that's weird. <laughs> right. Yes. So then they can go back and kind of investigate that further and hopefully, you know, prevent an attack from even starting. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, on the, on, the mon on the monitoring side, you touched upon a, a lot of different topics. And, you know, I think technology, um, especially with AI and ML, uh, allowing us to be able to really react in a timely fashion and learning from past incidents. I know when we are traveling internationally, uh, very often you use your credit card and if you've not informed the bank that you're going overseas, they, they realize, hey, you know, most of your shopping, you do it. I, I live in South Florida, you do it in South Florida. You know, what's this, you know, transaction happening in London, for example. And, um, and that's just one simple example of, of just technology and the same thing as you just talked about logins happening from, from various different places. Um, Todd, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to ask you this question about no, no matter the, if you have the perfect uh, security program, um, inevitably there will be a time where you're going to have an incident of sorts. Um, and an organization, you know, its ability to re respond to the incident Help us, just talk us through what does good incident response look like? Now, I'm so glad you asked me this question. Um, you know, as you know, Matrix Care and ResMed are both innovative health tech companies and data is so critical to us. And so protecting that data is, is a core goal for us, even personally, as a, as a purpose and a mission. Mm -hmm. And um, if, if I think about my role as a CISO, it's really three things. You know, number one, is making sure that we do everything that we can to avoid being breached in the first place and protecting that data. But like you said, it's not an if, it's a when you'll be breached. And so the second priority that I have is making sure that we're able to respond well. And it, Steve mentioned, um, Steve mentioned, you know, some incidences before where, you know, uh, bad things happen to companies and they handle the incident response poorly. It ends up being so much worse for them, uh, and, you know, and for their customers. And I've got a third goal that's not relevant to this question, but it is understanding where our business mm -hmm. is going and that we're doing that, that our security program can enable, you know, secure innovation and progress without much friction. But that incident response piece is so important. Uh, we, we invest 
invest a lot in this, to be honest, uh, you know, both financially and time-wise. And, and the, way that, uh, the way that we do that is, uh, you know, we make sure that we've got a, a plan. And so the way we've done our plan is that we've got an umbrella plan that can be very, it's very high level. And then we create run books that are specific for different groups. So, uh, so Brian would have a run book specific to matrix care. Um, mm -hmm. I, I might have one for Oracle. I might have one for ransomware. And so those run books are very tactical. And uh, our plan, you know, within those run books, we define roles and responsibilities, which is so important. When something bad happens, people just want to know what their job is and what they need to do and what success looks like. And we want to make that as simple as possible. So having that documented plan is critical. Um, having good contact information. You do, you do not want to find out you don't know how to reach key people in the time of a crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we do a lot to define process documentation. Again, so you're not winging it. You want to be able to respond as quickly as possible. If you've got a data leak, you need to make sure that you stop it as quick as you can. And that process documentation is key. Um, and then having, so you have all these things within a program. You know, you need to have a good communication plan and so on. But I think that roles and responsibilities piece is a real critical success factor. You know, what's legal's role? When do we have to, you know, when should we be notifying? When should we be engaging with third parties? When should we bring in the FBI or Secret Service if that's appropriate? Um, so ha having that all defined ahead of time is so important. One of the big success factors that, that we see is testing and having tabletop exercises where you pull people together and you say, okay, we just had, got hit by ransomware. You know, here's how it's spreading and, and having a scenario that actually evolves like a real scenario would. That is a great exercise and it's fun. And I've never been in one that I didn't learn something and where the, where the people that are participating didn't learn something. And it's through that, through that testing that we're able to go back and continually improve our plans. We learn things every time there's an incident and we update those plans to make sure next time that we've got it covered. So I think, um, so I think these are all really important things, but I touched on third parties. And you know, I think for incident response, it's important to have good third parties that are defined ahead of time because you can't do everything. No company can have every resource that it needs. And so you need to be able to call in experts if they're needed. And an example of that would be like a forensics expert. Mm. Um, so, you know, if you have a breach, you might want to bring in a third party and you would do that through legal. There's, there's reasons for that, but you would engage them. You want to make sure that if you have cyber insurance that they're covered in the cyber insurance. So there's no surprises. But you want to make that relationship up front. You don't want to be trying to find a vendor at that point. You want to have those relationships. Um, so th th this is complicated stuff, but if you can start small and test and then improve, it can evolve very quickly into something that's robust and actionable. Uh, Todd, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm blown away. Just, just the layers of sort of uh, defense that's built in from the things that you said, you know, having these playbooks uh, that could be tactical, but very, very important when an incident happens that the organization knows how to, how to respond, knowing, you know, having clarity in, in terms of roles and responsibility, who does what, and the timing of how that engagement happens to scenario modeling, right, and being able to run these different uh, threats, essentially, and, and being able to, to, to essentially exercise whether your plans are, are going to work or not. And then I think the point that you touched upon, the ability to bring in experts, right, and having those relationships in place so that you're not scrambling because time is of the essence when, when something does, when an incident does happen. Um, so, again, I, I, this was 
it, absolutely informative, educational for me. Thank you, um, really, Todd, um, Steve, Brian, you know, for your expertise, your commitment. As I said, you know, just, you know, what you bring and what you do. A lot of times, you know, it happens in the background. Most people are not thinking necessarily about all that goes into ensuring that we are able to uh, preserve and protect our data, our infrastructure, but more importantly, what this translates into is being able to give our providers, our clients, confidence that uh, that we are watching things that are that are critically important to them. Because at the end of what they do is being able to provide care to patients and residents, and for them to know that ResMed and MatrixScan, Brightree are deeply committed to this area of information security. As I said, we'll probably come back and do a part two. We've barely scratched the surface, but this has been incredibly helpful. Thank you to the three of you. Thank you for the opportunity. We'd love to do it again. Thank you, Naveen. Absolutely. Thank you. That concludes today's episode brought to you by Matrix Care. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to visit us at matrixcare.com for more information on our solutions and services. Please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And leave a review if you enjoyed this episode or have other topics you'd like to hear discussed. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook to hear more from Matrix Care. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.